Hello, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. And welcome to this episode of the Meaningful Shit Show with your host, Vincent Lessenberg. Today, I am excited to talk to you about values. We're talking about values because I believe uh, them to be an essential ingredient in your um, your decision-making machine and upgrading or getting insight into your values upgrades the quality of your decisions quite a bit. So what I want to do is to help you make decisions that are better aligned with who you are and who you want to be. Uh, many things go into making quality decisions and your values are more important than you may think. To start off, Let's take a look at a couple of uh, definitions of value. First of all, a person's principles or standards of behavior, one's judgment of what is important in life, and this is from the Oxford Dictionary, um, synonym that they list is principles. Uh, second one from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, quote is, something such as a principle or quality intrinsically valuable or desirable, end quote. So we immediately see that these uh, statements, they refer to an individual or a, or a group. They are subjective. The related, uh, related words, uh, synonyms, or like more like the related words, like principle and meaning are also highly subjective terms. There is not a common set of principles we all uh, agree to. Of course, within our society, there are some that we, by and large, agree to, like, you know, um, uh, not murdering, for example, things like uh, things like that. When we're talking about values, what are examples so that we can get a feeling of what we're talking about here? So I have a list. These are um, by no means specifically important values. Just have a handful here. Going through them. Adventure, beauty, community, consciousness or awareness, equality, faith, gratitude, honesty, independence, joy, knowledge or learning or understanding, kindness or generosity, love, romance or intimacy, modesty slash hum humility, order, passion slash enthusiasm, respect, safety slash security, teamwork or collaboration, uniqueness, variety or newness or novelty, and wisdom. So a number of these values I've listed synonyms, like for example, um, variety, newness, and novelty. You know, you might um, relate more with one of um, one of these, these words more than the other. And, and this is actually where values work gets, gets actually quite, quite interesting because we have this word that usually we don't really use that often in day-to-day -day life that we're suddenly using to point to something that is really important about our, our life. So it is very important to dive into uh, not only what, for example, uniqueness is according to the Oxford Dictionary, but as well what it means to you. But we get ahead of our skis. Some of these values come from... Uh, the values card from lifecompasscards.com, some of them from actualize.org, and from timemind.com. All right, so values. They're omnipresent on self-help and social media. Like the word authenticity or presence, mindfulness, love, kindness, self-care. 
So we see these words a lot, and so we kind of already know that it is uh, important. And um, maybe you follow Tony Robbins or Dalai Lama or Edgar Tolle, and in their work they refer to to value and beliefs and many of the other things that influence your uh, your decision making, right? Um, maybe uh, in your religious tradition, your priest, imam, rabbi um, refers to this as well. So you might say, like, I already know this um, because you get bombarded with it every day, but that makes it even more important to, uh, to zoom in because in order to get ahead and actually make this useful, you have to do quite an amount of mental effort. And, well, we're all lazy and uh, we don't really want to engage that brain, brain process to really go down into that. Maybe we want to like, as we're listening to a podcast, spend like a couple of seconds thinking about it, but our brain already knows if we want to do this right, it's going to be like a bunch of work to um, actually uh, hash this out. How do values impact your day-to-day -day life? What does value exactly mean? Why are values so important? Why more important than the 10,000 other things competing for your attention? So these are some of the questions that we want to answer in the next section. I already mentioned that we're really focused on making higher quality decisions. And my statement was uh, values is one of the important ingredients that drives that decision-making process. So the more that we can draw out from the unconscious space into the conscious space, the better. If you look at this machine, this decision-making machine, you can compare it to an iceberg. So what happens consciously in our decision-making machine, we can refer to as the tip of the iceberg, it's visible. So things, uh, conscious intentions like goals, desires, and methods that we follow, like we know about that, it's on the forefront. But the rest of the iceberg, the part that is underwater, is a lot larger, and a lot of the decisions are unconsciously controlled by things such as values, but also worldview, beliefs, conditioning, thinking styles, prejudice, and bias. Okay, so in short, unconscious programming. There's a bunch of interesting stuff there. Right now we're talking about values. Um, for future episodes, we might want to dive in some of these other concepts. I, I do believe that beliefs and conditioning are also very, very interesting. Um, but values, in my opinion, they can be mapped. They can be drawn out into the conscious realm. They can be influenced, changed, and it can be immensely important for personal growth and happiness. Right? Because these decisions are not just arbitrary. They affect your happiness. If you are interested in dissecting this further, I would recommend reading the book Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman or reading papers on decision-making. I also like the worksheet that UC Davis has um, called Values-Based Decision-Making, and I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. So where we start is knowing your values. So the question is, do you know your values? Do you know what is unconsciously uh, put in your head and uh, what is unconsciously putting like a finger on your decision-making scale? Um, and what could be the danger of living by values that have been instilled upon you, such as by your experiences growing up, your childhood values, society you live in, your work, your church, uh, co-workers, neighborhood, 
uh, maybe some misguided ideas of what it means to be like a good person or a good man or a good woman. All right. Risk of not doing this work now, mapping out your values, is ultimately is delay and emotional distress. So, um, and emotional distress is over getting in unwanted situations. And after realizing that you're in an unwanted, uh, unwanted situation, um, distress over wasting so much time on them. Um, if you're lucky, this long way around, you can still complete it during this lifetime, but maybe it'll take a few lifetimes or more as a manner of speaking. So we, we, we don't want to take the long road here. Uh, let's take a look, up, uh, look at a couple of examples of this unconscious road. Let's start with family common value. You may have been raised to value family a lot, but in your adult life, it may have started to cramp your style. This is not right. This is not wrong. You might still uh, respect your family, but you may outgrow their comfort zone. Or um, for that matter, they might outgrow yours. It would be painful to keep engaging with family as a core value putting a lot of time and effort into it for years and years, and to finally decide when you just emotionally break down after a trip home go, gone awry or something like that, that family isn't really for you. There's a little bit of the fallacy if you invest in something, you keep investing uh, in it, right? It's a bias, like um, I think uh, investment bias or something like that, in for a penny, in for a pound, things like that. So it's painful to you know, steer away from that. In this relation to the example that I was talking about, uh, about, the less painful variant than waiting for an emotional breakdown is to consciously reflect on your life and values and see the trend of family getting less important. Um, and in, intuit what its natural outcome would be before you get to the state that you're completely emotionally exhausted. Another example is safety. You may discover that later in life, taking risks is much more meaningful to you than going by relative safety of staying on the well-trodden path. That does ma doesn't make it right or doesn't make it wrong. It might be something that was uh, instilled on, uh, in you by maybe your parents that grew up in very different surroundings than, uh, than you did. It's all possible. But we can only so also go kind of to like the polar opposite such as variety. Maybe as an early adult, um, instead of being focused on safety, you were really into getting exposed to different, many different stimuli. A lot of us do when we're in, in our early 20s. We might travel to different countries, meet different people, go to different parties, sleep with different partners, move a lot. You, you know, you get, you get a taste of life. You get the picture. At one point, you may discover, though, that another value might be getting more important to, to you. You've kind of like, you know that there is variety, but you might be more drawn to maybe family because you've started your own family. It might also be wisdom or order or something, something, like, uh, something like that. So my cautionary tale here is don't just act on the values that were instilled on you. Be aware of them and reflect on that. There is another danger though, and that is much more insidious. And those are like kind of the um, autopilot values. So 
um, it's values that you don't necessarily disagree with. It's not that you get to a state where there's like emotional distress. It's not working uh, with you, but it's more like you still do it because you get recognition. You get some kind of reward for it from your community. Um, and maybe they're not really a value of yours. They're, they're, they might be um, an innate strength that you have. Maybe it's really easy for you to be compassionate. It comes to you naturally, but it might not be a value of you. Uh, of yours anymore you might not want to be like be compassionate to people and help them at this stage of the game you might want to you know do more self-expression for example live for you um let's see so then there's the values that you pursue until good enough right so those are the values that often are like kind of like negatively motivated more about that later so like you're six out of ten b minus and then you're just like okay that's this is this is fine um maybe it's some val value that comes like with like the church you go to or passed down from your parents uh, an example could be like honesty um that's that's something that's communicated to you as being as being important and you might be okay with just being like good enough honest you you, you go for that six out of ten and then you feel like more honest than your neighbor or you look at society and you're just like oh i'm i'm honest enough um you know kindness is another good example um, so you might compare yourself to neighbors, friends, spouses, parents, siblings, priests, boss, and, and be that like sort of the, 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 the level that you want to take a value, uh, value to, right? Remember that these are values contrary to the other ones that in generally you do, you do agree with. So I have an interesting quote from benjamin hardy uh, he wrote books like uh, be your future self now or willpower doesn't work and he says something along the line of um the greatest threat to reach your biggest goal is not the obstacles that you encounter that um, um on the way that prevent you from getting there but actually achieving a lesser version of your goal and then quitting so it's kind of a mouthful so i'll go through it again so the greatest threat to reach your biggest goal is not the obstacles thrown in your path but achieving your goal with a lesson ver lesser version and then quitting right maybe not until you have a six out of ten maybe it's an eight out of ten and then you're done um it lays the emphasis different from the more commonly known perfect is the enemy of uh, good from Voltaire, French writer, historian, philosopher. Um, but why would you quit at that B minus if this is core to who you are? And you need to be able to realize that to see that there is more growth for you to go to go into. And actually, there might be much more uh, value coming to you as a person to go and like sort of level through that entire value set like exploring it fully then focusing on um on other values right so although you might already be better than you know your peers right it's not about your peers it's about things that make you happy um for the gamers under you i, I like to compare it to putting points in your skill tree 
So it is better to do it yourself than having someone do it for you. Although there is something to be said if you just start in life or a game, you follow guides and there's nothing wrong with it. But the moment that you make let all these decisions be made by your parents, priests, teachers, um, uh, religious person, your boss, your political party, uh, click your part of your Myers-Briggs even or your fucking <laughs> astrology sign, um, you're limiting yourself. You're not exploring that deeply enough. It's your skill tree, damn it. And another thing that I often see is that you're um, taking control of your your skill tree can be a lot more, a lot harder than trying to coerce other people from putting points into the same path. So let's see, like with this analogy, um, that early on in the game you followed a guide and at that point you read that guide and being like um, a healing druid um, it's a little World of Warcraft alumni uh, shining through but that healing druid is where where it's at, that was the best class and you might then influence other people that are going in a slightly different direction to be like, oh no, that's wrong you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that right, for a game it's like like who, who actually cares? That's true. Um, but when you think about this more from a perspective of like actual actual life, then it becomes more important. And examples of that would be um, trying to um, proselytize to other people on the value of like whatever it could could be like kindness or something like that you're not focused on doing your own work you're telling other people how they're not kind enough or honest enough or something like that you're not staying in your lane that's also a waste of time because ultimately you can control their skill tree they're in charge of that let them be their own person and focus on staying on your lane instead and leveling out what you can be so when I'm talking about the value of values, I'm really talking about you taking your power and helping it define who you are, who you want to be, and where you want to you put your skill points into. And that doesn't mean you set it and forget it. It's an iterative process. Cool. So just to see what we, what we did so far, we talked about... Um, knowing knowing your the importance of knowing your values before that we went through um what values are examples of values and uh, things like that we get now to the part of i've explained that it is important to know your values both the ones that might not be values for you in fact the unconscious value that's not really your value anymore um, but also the autopilot va values that you might not be able, but that you might not put all the energy in that you should be putting into it um, because that will be the best for your happiness, although your society might tell you to do something else. And the question, of course, is how do I get to know my values? So really the, the pragmatic, practical part of uh, this, this episode in a way, uh, and that's going to require work. Right. Um, so um, there's a school of thought that values are not picked. Right. 
that um, value exercises you do are meant to determine your values, not set them. And I have to admit there is some mindfuckery going on here because that school of thought has a point, right? And I think it's a wonderful place to, to start, to be like, I want to discover my values. Because when you do that, you get to surface some of your unconscious values and look at them. Do they feel right? And uh, also, um, my am I putting enough effort into my autopilot values or where I'm comparing myself to my peers? There are many different ways to get to your list of values. Since I have a finite amount of time today, I'm going to walk through a couple of examples that have worked very well for me. I'd like to start with um, the value cards, the life compass cards that I, uh, that I have here. They're just simple playing style cards with... Uh, values on there um so you can go to lifecompasscards.com and order a pair or to amazon or something like that pick any you like uh, i know uh, mental health professionals actually use these uh, and it is helpful because they're physical right um and that means that you can throw them all on the table you can sort through them and stuff like there's something to be said for uh, for that right uh, there's online resources as well. Uh, Think to perform. Um, the full URL will be in the show notes. Has an online process that allows you to go through uh, the same thing, and there's a sorting process uh, through. So there are many different ways to do that, right? To get from like a stack of like a hundred different values, either online or with cards, and to go to your top five, top three, top one, right? Your core value. Generally, what you do is you take all these different values and you do want to look at the individual values. I just have a couple of them in my in my hand now, but generally you go through and you start with having an initial discard and keep pile, right? So generally what tends to happen is you hang on to a lot of values and it's kind of hard to um, sort of disqualify values so that you get down to like a shorter list that actually is a little bit more actionable uh, to uh, to you. Uh, there's many different strategies for, for that, um, which you will find on the online resources uh, as well. So uh, what you often see, and what I think is very important, is when you look at these values that you look as well as how your, um, where your motivation comes from to choose that. So some of them, the one's safety is actually a good example. That might be a fear-based value related to the fact is like, you don't love being safe. Maybe you do, but like in this situation, um, it's more like you're scared of what will happen if you don't have safety in your top values. You might be afraid that you're your house is going to get burglarized or physical harm will come to you or things like that or you or your, your children, right? So that's actually another very important um, aspect of like looking at your values. And the moment that you look at these um, fear-based versus like intrinsic like values that you're positively drawn uh, to, um, that... Um, it's it generally a ratio. And the fact that something is negatively 
motivated is not bad, right? Depending on my situation, my history, or like whatever, like that safety, although it's based on fear, it might make a lot of sense. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm in Ukraine right now. Might be very important to have that as a top value right now. Maybe not in five years or ten years, but right now, even though it is negatively motivated. So, if you acquire one of these um, um, these decks, they will come with an instruction card, and they will guide you through the entire process, get you down to a top fifteen, then ten, then seven, then five, and. You can sort of like stop at that point. Like I think that it is nice to have a list of different values to to work at, uh, but it's also very good to see okay, what's my one core value? What like if you boil down me, what does it really come to? Uh, come come to like I find that really interesting. And the moment that you've decided that, you'll see that your decisions change. But another resource um, is uh, MindTools.com. I'll have the full link in the show notes. Um, it's less of a f- finite list because, of course, like this is driven by a publisher that said, okay, well, these are the values that are important. And my understanding of the English language of understanding what safety is about, because safety, of course, can be a bunch of different different things. And, you know, what I have like hope here, like what 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 does it exactly exactly mean? Um, so it's you're you're primed. By having a list, it makes your life easier, but it also limits you in a way. MindTools does a really nice job of priming the pump in a different way, and it takes you down different mental exercises to tease out the values that are already present in you by looking at your past. To refer back to thinking fast and slow, I think this is an excellent way to increase the effectiveness of your values choices because priming the pump in this way does include or does um, increase the quality of your decisions quite a bit. So I'll walk through the process. This is verbatim what's on the website. So I'm not taking credit for it. I'm I'm just reading what the steps are and I do refer you to mindtools.com um, which, you know, that's the source. So step one, identify the times that you were happiest in both your career and your personal life. Um, This will ensure some balance in your answers. What were you doing? Were you with other people? If so, who? What are other factors that contributed to your happiness? So, focused on happiness, focused on activities, um, people around you, and other factors that might influence that happiness. Step two is identifying the times that you were most proud. Same thing career and professional life. Why were you proud? Were there other people to share your pride? Are there any other factors that contributed to your feelings of pride? So you can already see that there is a difference between happiness and pride, right? Generally, these uh, emotions are are generated at different types of uh, moments, right? Proud is generally after like a big achievement. Maybe um, you got your doctoral degree or won a race or something something along those lines, right? Um, where happiness 
can be more just about surroundings that you were. Maybe you were you had a real like a happy youth. You were a happy kid, and that was just because you remember going down the slide like ten thousand times, or riding your bike, or something like that, which is less related to like this big achievement you did. You were just flowing with life. There's a step three. <coughs> Excuse me. Identify the times when you were most fulfilled and satisfied. And the same questions, what need or desire was fulfilled? Uh, how and why did the experience give your life meaning? And what other factors contributed to your feelings of fulfillment? Again, after happiness and pride, fulfillment is, or satisfied is, a subtly different, different beast again, right? So fulfillment generally comes not really after an achievement. Um, it's not just like a situation you, fi you, you find yourself in, but what I at least associated with is a little bit more of like a, a slow burn where pride is really like a thing happened. I won a race, it was a big thing, right? Where fulfilled and satisfied is more about what, what you were doing and it getting you into a positive direction in um, in your in your life, happiness feels more context. Where fulfilled and satisfied, you're you're flowing with um, with the universe, which can apply to happiness as well. Uh, but I think a fulfillment implies a little bit more direction, right? It's it's more like I said, a slow slow burn rather than just a, a burst. Determine your top values, this is step four, based on your experiences of happiness, pride, and fulfillment. Why is each experience truly important and memorable? Use the following list of personal common values to get you started. So that's the list that you find there, and they encourage you to aim for about 10 top values. Um, so that is a wonderful process to, uh, to, to go through as well. Um, like I said, I think that priming the pump and really going into like those three different directions is a really good way to start as well. If I look at these cards, I feel like the um, fulfillment, happiness, and the third thing um, are more done later in the process as you think about, okay, well, how are these things exactly um, motivated? where this other method starts with it all the way in the beginning. Your mileage may vary. You might like the one thing versus the other thing, but you have different options, and that's the cool thing. You will uh, uh, ultimately come to this initial list, so I don't expect you to have that initial list ready now here on this, uh, this podcast, but once you do, remember that you're not done. This talk is really about motivating, that it's really important to put the effort in, and it's not a one and done. There's multiple passes to this process. It's very important, for example, to create your own definition of a value. Again, I got hope here, but what does hope mean? What does hope mean for me now? Values, I think uh, it's very important to ground them in the now. Like if I do this exercise, now and a quarter from now, this hope might mean something completely different for, for, for me. So it's important to write down just not the definition of what hope means, but what it means to you. All right. 
maybe you want to substitute it with another synonym that works for you better, of course, as well. So you definitely want to write about that. You want to write a paragraph and not when you get to your like final five values, right? Because at one point, if you're like, initially, as you go through this list, you do cut it down from like 100 to 25 or something like that. It's fine to just, you know, do it with like uh, broad brushstrokes. But once you get to like 15 or 20 or something like that, that's the moment to put like a little bit more effort in and to make sure that you're making the right choices because maybe one of these values does not surface because you're you're like, okay, well, hope doesn't really mean that much to you without really going through the exercise of being like, what would my hope mean for me? Like if hope would be a value for me, if I would embody that, what would that mean? How would my life look differently? Uh, what I also think is very important and that a lot of these methods um, uh, miss is to rate how you embody each value. So rating it, for example, 1 to 10 and paint a picture of how your life would look if you would embody this value perfectly. And that, of course, means perfectly for you. Um, if travel is a value, you could say, hey, 10 out of 10 is when I'm traveling around the world like all the time. I don't work. I don't do nothing. I don't have family. Um, I don't have relationships, but that might not be a reality for you. You might like, right now have a spouse and kids and your cash might be tight. So what's a 10 out of 10 for you now? Maybe it's just planning one trip per quarter and you alternate between driving somewhere and then camping and then flying in hotels or something, something like that. But what would it mean to you now? And this is partially so that if you do this, more often, and I recommend doing it like once a quarter or something like that, that your answers aren't just the same, right? That it's also like, now I feel a 10 out of 10 would be this. And I feel right now that I'm a 7 out of 10 or something like that. Seeing circumstances, sometimes you're a 10 out of 10 for a value and you might not even be satisfied with that, with it. So it's a little bit of... um trickery process <coughs> excuse me i already mentioned that you should think about if your values come from like a positive or negative mindset if they come out of fear as in i'm afraid my parents will be upset if i don't honor faith as a value or i'm afraid i will become dependent of my partner if i don't pr prioritize independence something like that they will be negatively or fear-based you could even have courage as a value that's actually fear motivated, as in afraid of what would happen if I weren't courageous. Reminds me of a woman I uh, did a multi-day course with uh, who was a stereotypical strong female of a specific, specific ethnic group. She was afraid that her life would become undone if if her courage would wane, if, if she didn't step up to a plate, because she felt that that was necessary to allow her son to develop healthily, right? So, and that can be super important as a value. Maybe it's 90% negatively motivated because you don't want to deal with what happens if you don't do that. That's your choice. That's fine. But it's very, very useful to have clarity on that, right? Often it's um, not 100% the other way or 100% the other way. It's like the balance, 70-30, 60-40 or something like that. It's useful to annotate your values list with that 
and maybe reprioritize based on that, but you don't have to. As we're starting to round up, there's one um, word of warning that I want to add, and that's backlash from your environment. It's always important to, I want to say, be conservative or careful because of your environment and how it responds to this. Every time you change your behaviors, especially if it's like a large change that you are considering, your environment will respond by trying to get you back into your, the status quo. So expect that. There is probably there are not a lot of people in your life that truly accept you. Or maybe there are, and then I would be super happy for you. But plan ahead. Think of what people's own agendas are and what they would want you to be. I'm not telling you to not live your most core values, far from it, but be aware of that backlash. And not just from your environment, by the way, from yourself as well, right? You are your environment as well, right? It's called like an ego backlash. <laughs> it's whenever you do like some serious work, there, there, there tends to be like a dip afterwards trying to pull you back because it's like painful and change is hard and things like that. All right. So I've taken you through a fast and furious tour through why values are important, how you discover yours, different uh, methods. Um, I haven't really gone in depth is once you have these values, how does your life change and what is different? I've mentioned that your decision making um, will improve. So right now I would suggest that the next time you make a big, big decision, such as the brand of cottage cheese to get, joking, um, you make that a value-based decision. You can use the UC Davis worksheet that I've linked in the show notes or just eyeball it. But really focus on your values as you look at making this decision. All right, that's it for today. Through working on this material, I've discovered new resources for myself that I will use next time I do this exercise for myself to uh, augment that list. So I'm excited about like learning that with you guys together. Until next time, until then, and peace out.